I've got a few more Father's Day uh, dad jokes for you. Um, what do you call a dinosaur that crashes its vehicle, or what kind of dinosaur would crash its vehicle? A Tyrannosaurus wreck. Um, what kind of tea do you serve uh, the queen? Royal tea. Uh, why did the golfer uh, wear two pairs of pants, just in case he got a hole in one? Um, did you hear about the, the gentleman who had an uncle that had two dogs named Rolex and Timex? They were his watch dogs. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you have a toddler who doesn't want to go down for their nap, are they guilty of resisting a rest? Uh, how do you tell uh, whether a tree is a dogwood tree? By its bark. Very good. There we go. Someone got that. Um, here's one more for you. Uh, what do you call a pony with a sore throat? A little horse. Yeah, very good. Um, we'll, we'll squeeze in a few more before the service is over. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's excitement there. Um, we are continuing on this morning in the series we have been looking at, uh, which is depicted there on your screen, uh, Living the Dream. And we all want that to be a part of our lives, uh, whatever uh, aspect of our being uh, we're talking about. But, of course, at church, we're focused more on our spiritual lives. So how do we live that out? How do we discover and um, really enjoy the, the kind of life that, as Christ followers, we would want? The kind of life where there's contentment and there's peace and there is that recognition that, as we've already mentioned, God is with us all the time. And so we've looked at some of the qualities that, that if we can embody these things, I think help us move toward that goal uh, of living the dream. And so we've talked about some things uh, like the importance of faithfulness, not only in terms of our relationship with God, but with one another. We've talked about the recognition that our journey, our adventure with God is, is, is more like a marathon. It is a uh, lifetime kind of thing, and so we need that perseverance. We made mention of the fact that as God places us in this life that he's given to us and calls us to live out the kind of, of Christ-honoring life that we're charged with, that he doesn't do so uh, just uh, at random. He does that in partnership with us through the Holy Spirit, so we don't ever have to face this life alone. We talked about the importance of uh, making sure that we learn how to cope with anger as that can be such a detriment, both to our own lives as well as our witness uh, to others. And then finally, last week, we talked about uh, moral integrity and what it means to live that out. And we broke it down into two things. Uh, we talked about uh, spiritual integrity, and we talked about GAIGO, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, if, you, if you don't have that filter on, especially in today's sexualized society, it's just too easy for that stuff to get in, depending on what you watch or you listen to or you read. So we need to have those filters in place. And then when it does creep in, uh, we need to get rid of it as quickly as we can. We need to get that garbage out. And then we talked about just general morality. Um, and we made mention of the fact that if we could just live the Ten Commandments today, we would have made great progress in our world. Uh, by my uh, evaluation, we sort of live three of those ten in today's world, but, but we need to be living all ten of those out. Um, uh, we need to daily recommit ourselves to God. Now, not that, not that decision to become a Christ follower, that's happened already, but, but to, to rededicate ourselves to, to live in that life that God would call us to truly as disciples 
and not just passive believers. And then we talked about the importance of confronting sin. Uh, we do that as we confess the sin. We do that as we repent from our sin. And if we uh, can do these things, I think it uh, puts us well on the road to living that life of moral integrity that God calls us to. But there are other things that we can do, important things for us to do if we want to live that dream that we would like to enjoy as Christ followers. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the next element in that, and that is the aspect or the importance of prayer. Now, we talk a lot about prayer here at uh, Calvary Baptist. In fact, we talk about it so much, you may be thinking, Pastor, why are you preaching on this again? Didn't we just preach on this last week? Well, no. We talked about moral integrity last week, but this week uh, we're, we're going to go to that, and, and we do that because it's so important. We know it's important because God's Word tells us it's important. Uh, prayer is re- referenced a lot in this book. Uh, we know it because not only does God talk about praying, but we see in His Son Jesus that He actually lived it out. He prayed early in the morning. He prayed at night. He prayed sometimes before His miracles took place, and it was an integral part of His life Uh, We know as individuals that for us to have a meaningful relationship with anyone, there needs to be elements of conversation. In fact, the the, the more the conversation, it tends to be the better relationship. Uh, That's true with us in in our interaction, but it's also true in our our relationship with our Father. If we don't ever talk with Him, it's hard to have that that kind of deep understanding of Him that that we would like to have. Um, And uh, then we uh, talk about prayer quite a bit because, well, the truth is, People just don't do it very often. Um, now, I'm not talking about the, the five-second uh, rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub kind of prayer that we, we pray right before meals. Um, I'm talking about uh, extended prayer time, uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Those times where we are able to put everything aside and really focus on hearing God's voice on connecting with the, the Holy Spirit that we just can't do if we're only giving God a, a minute or two or, or three and here and there. And sadly, as, as Christ followers, we just don't see that lived out in the church very much today. And so we keep coming back to it um, just because we need to be reminded of the importance that it has in our lives. In fact, one of the ironies of, of prayer is the truth that though it's probably the easiest of the spiritual disciplines to undertake, it's one that's practiced the least. I say it's the easiest because it's something that we can do anytime, any place. You know, if you think about it, you really can. Um, you can do it when you're driving to work. Uh, you can do it during your lunch break. You can do it uh, maybe just to lift up a quick prayer right before a business uh, meeting that you might have that you're going into. I find for myself that there's occasions, maybe you've experienced this as well, when God will wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll have a thought about something or, or a particular situation, and I'll just lift up a quick prayer and then go back uh, to bed. We can pray when we're, when we're taking a shower. We can pray when we're in the pool. We can pray anytime, anywhere. And not only that, we don't have to be uh, especially qualified to be a prayer. You know, in case you didn't know this, you don't have to be a pastor to pray. Uh, I hope that's not startling information for you, but it's true. All of God's people can pray. In fact, all of God's people should be a people of prayer. We don't have any special schools or any uh, special training you, know, you have to have. God doesn't look to see if you have that prayer certificate on your wall before he'll listen to you. Um, all we have to have is a sincere heart. In fact, the only skill that, that's required is for us to be able to communicate, to, to talk with one another. And to the best of my knowledge, I think we've all mastered that one. And so if we can talk to one another, we can talk to God. 
And so that's uh, one of the wonderful things about this, this element of our relationship with God is that we've got everything that we need already in place. So why is it that we still struggle? If prayer is so important, why don't we do it more? Well, there's lots of reasons that we can come up with. If we're looking for excuses, uh, you know, we can try to find those. We can say, we're just too busy, Pastor. You know, I've got so much going on. I've got kids involved in all kinds of activities. I have to work late almost every night. Uh, my life is just too busy. And yet the truth is, it's in the midst of the busyness when we need prayer the most. Uh, there's a pastor by the name of Bill Hybels who founded and for many years pastored a church called Willow Creek. And he wrote a book a number of years ago called Too Busy Not to Pray. And I love the premise there because what it says is, is the busier that we get, the more we need it. We need God's discernment to be able to prioritize things in our lives. We, uh, we need to know uh, what things are important. We need to know how we can keep our calm and, and collectiveness even when we're feeling ourselves stressed out. It's in those busy moments that we need uh, prayer perhaps the most. Another reason that sometimes people will talk about not praying is they say it's just, it's just too hard. Once they sit down, they, they just get distracted. They lose focus. And that can happen, uh, which is why it's important that we have the right environment in place. And we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Uh, some people, I think, don't pray because they, they fixate on the prayers that weren't answered the way they wanted instead of thinking about all of the prayers that were answered. You know, God answers all of our prayers, um, the ones that we, we like the most, of course, are the ones where he answers in the way that we would like them answered. And if you've ever kept a, a prayer journal, which is just where you write down what your prayer requests are each day, if you've ever done that and gone back, you would be astounded at, at how many, the high percentage of those prayers that are answered exactly as you would like. But not all of them. Because sometimes God's answer to your prayer is, you know, that really isn't in your best interest what you're asking for. Sometimes God's answer is, you know, I, I, I think I'll answer this, but not right now. I'm going to answer it later when it's, it's better fitted to where you're going to be. God always answers our prayers, but not always quite in the way that we want. And yet, for some reason, it seems to be those prayers that he doesn't answer that we focus on rather than the prayers that he does answer, which is, I think, one of the things that can discourage us from praying as frequently or as often as God would call us to do. And then lastly, uh, part of the reason we don't pray, pray is because it takes work. Prayer is work. Uh, with the exception of maybe Jesus, um, I think everyone else besides Jesus has found that, that prayer takes effort. Now, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Sometimes that, we find that when we uh, you have to utilize effort, it's, it's in doing good things. If, we're, if we have to study for a class that, that's on a topic or a subject that we really like, we enjoy doing the studying, but the studying still work. If you're wanting to get yourself in better physical shape, you've got to be willing to put in the time to do the exercising. And you, you may actually like that, that sweating, the, the feeling that, that you're getting stronger, but that's still work. Prayer is work. We've got to be willing to invest that, and not, uh, not everyone is, is uh, up to that every single day. In fact, I think sometimes we, uh, we can relate uh, far too well with Jesus' words in Matthew 26 where he said this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But you know what? We have control over the flesh. The flesh doesn't control us. And so that's where we go back to that partnership with the Holy Spirit and seek God's energy, God's spirit of perseverance to help us get through that. 
So as we think about this idea of prayer, we recognize that it's important. We know that it should be a critical part of our lives. And, and one of the things that I, I think it's uh, incumbent upon us to grasp is that we, we integrate, we, we uh, allow prayer to have that role in our lives when we move to a place where we see it as a commitment and don't view it as just something that we'll do when it's convenient or comfortable for us, when we see it as a, as a commitment. Uh, there's a great uh, passage or story in, in Mark 9 where Jesus talks about an encounter that he had with a father whose son was demon-possessed. And this demon was doing bad things to his son, throwing him in the fire, throwing him in the, uh, the water. Um, and, and so the, the father is despondent, as any dad or mom, I think, would be in, in the situation. And he hears about Jesus being in the area, and so he comes to Jesus, and he says this, But if you can do anything, Lord, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus' response was, If I can... If I can, everything is possible for those who believe. And then the father comes back with these words. Immediately the father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And when we first hear that, we wonder, well, what's he talking about here? These seem to be opposite sides of the, of the coin. How can you have belief and then ask for help in unbelief? And yet, if you've ever uh, gone to God in prayer, or if you're just a Christ follower, you know exactly what this guy's talking about here, because you've lived that as I have lived it. I have faith. I've placed my eternity in God's hands. I trust in Him. But you know that the deeper my relationship is with God, the more I realize just how far I've got to go, how much more I need to relinquish over to God. That selfish part of me, boy, it it just doesn't want to let go. And it's as we take those steps that, that, that we make that commitment to God in fullness and completeness that we, that we really get to that point where, where Christ comes along and helps us in the midst of that unbelief. That helps us to, to realize that our relationship with our Father is, is one that, that's there because uh, we have made a commitment to, to be with Him just as He has made that commitment to be with us. And don't we thank God for that? Aren't we grateful that God's commitment to us does not waver because it's, uh, we've, or God's had a, a bad day or we've messed up uh, particularly badly this day or, or, or that? God's commitment is always there for us. We need to have that same kind of commitment with him. And so as we think about this idea of prayer, we, uh, we need to acknowledge that there are some principles that go along with prayer. Now, I don't have time to talk about most of them today, but let me touch on just a couple of them. Uh, one of those is, is a, a saying that you've heard several times here. In fact, if you walk down the hallway, go to the right, go down the hallway toward the, uh, the restrooms, you'll see it uh, across from the library. And the saying is this, much prayer, much blessing, little prayer, little blessing, no prayer, no blessing. Now, you're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible, but the principle is all over the Bible. And it, it ties in with that idea of, of sowing and reaping, which Scripture says, Uh, quite a bit about. In Galatians 6, we read, for example, this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Or in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
you see, what, what's being talked about here, of course, is an agricultural principle, and I realize most of us here did not grow up on the farm, but we still understand the concept. Um, uh, many of us here have had a garden at one point in our lives, and, and we know that if you plant a few seeds, you're going to get a few crops. So if you have that, that raised garden bed in your backyard and you put in 5 or 10 or 15 seeds, you're going to get 5 or 10 uh, crops coming up out of that. However, if you cast out thousands of seeds, you're going to have a lot better crop that comes as a result of that. Uh, there's a, a part of that principle that plays into our, our prayer life as well. If we only pray once in a blue moon or once in, in, in the midst of a crisis, you know, almost everybody prays sometime. Did you realize that? Uh, you find yourself in a foxhole with bullets whizzing over your head. You're probably going to be in prayer. Uh, if you've got a child that is in the hospital uh, in a crisis situation, you're probably going to pray. If you're in the midst of a, of a traffic accident and you're waiting for somebody to come and, and help you, you're probably going to pray. Even if you're not a Christian, uh, you're probably going to pray in that situation. Everybody prays it, it, uh, periodically throughout their life. God's looking for people who have that ongoing, constant conversation with him. That's what he calls us to do, to be in that, 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 that place of, of constantly sharing our joys, our challenges. Scripture says that we're to pray without ceasing. Now, I'm not sure any of us can accomplish that in this life, but that's the goal that we strive for. And so we see that there's, there's an aspect of prayer that's a quantity thing that God wants us to continuously be lifting those prayers up to him. We also see that there's a, an element of prayer uh, that, that is a corporate uh, piece. In fact, if you look to the New Testament, uh, uh, much of the conversation or discussion or instances of prayer there uh, tie into corporate prayer. Now, there are some instances, of course, where individual prayers offered. We think of Jesus and of Paul and others that lifted up individual prayers. But the overwhelming majority of prayer that's discussed or, or referenced has to do with corporate prayer. In fact, the church itself was birthed out of corporate prayer and grew, I think, in those early years so phenomenally because there was so much corporate prayer. As we look into the book of Acts uh, right after the Holy Spirit and Pentecost had come down, we read this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. It's a pretty simple model here. It's not complex. Again, you don't have to go to a seminar to, uh, to look at this. You just look at those elements. They, they, they committed themselves to God's Word, to, to studying it, to, to dissecting it, to living it out. Uh, they had fellowship with one another. If that idea of breaking bread uh, refers to communion, then there was that, that element of worship that was a part of that. And then uh, fourth, there was prayer. They prayed a lot. And what came out of that season or that time of prayer for them? New believers. Tens and hundreds and thousands of new believers emerged as that first church took root back then. God calls us to be a people who join together in our prayers. Now, we need to have individual prayer. We need to have our prayer closets where we, we pray to God. But we also need that dimension, that aspect of corporate prayer, which is why we do that almost every time that we get together, because it's just so important. Again, we think of those words of Jesus uh, in Matthew 18, where he says, uh, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So how is it then that we can go about to, to embody this idea of prayer? What is it that we can do that, that would enhance prayer in our lives? 
Well, let me give you four uh, quick uh, thoughts here, and then I'll move toward wrapping up for this morning. The first one of those is you need to find a quiet, comfortable location. You need to find a quiet location where you're not distracted. And we live in a world that thrives on distractions. Um, We almost seek those things out just to have a a noise, white noise in the background. But you know, God's voice normally is more that quiet whisper than it is that loud, booming shout. And so we need to be in a place where, where we're not hearing the dog bark or we're not hearing the kids cry or we're not having our spouse yell at us or, or our phones go off or we're not getting text or, or emails or, or those kinds of things. We need that quiet place. And then we need a comfortable place, but not too comfortable. Uh, you know, if, if it's too comfortable, then you run the risk of, of dozing off, and that's not what God wants. And so you, you need the temperature one where you're, where you're not going to be shivering, uh, but you also don't want it so warm where you're going to be dozing. Uh, you want a chair that, that is cushioned enough that you're not going to be stiff when you walk, uh, get up. I was about to say wake up, but that would not be right. Um, when, you, um, when you get up from uh, the, the time of prayer, but uh, you also don't want one that's so cushy, again, that it's going to lull you into sleep. You need that, that place where you, you have a, a, a setting that's quiet and that's comfortable. You also need to, to block out some time for prayer. For far too many Christians today, we try to squeeze prayer in wherever there's a gap somewhere else. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not um, speaking against those times. So if you're driving to work and you can pray then, that's great. And if you've got time to pray during the uh, lunchtime, that's great. And if you're uh, praying while you're taking a shower, that's great. I don't want you to stop those. I just want to encourage you to add a time where there's, there's a more extended block of time, where you really can reach that point where you can put aside everything that would be a distraction. And at least for me, that takes some time. I can't just do that immediately. I have to have an opportunity to, to sort of clear my mind of those thoughts. And so we need the, those opportunities where there's a, a block of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is that, that is appropriate for you. And thirdly, I think we need to have a Bible that's there, um, and not just to sit on the table. Um, I, I'm, I, I chuckle sometimes when I, I think people think that God's Word comes to us through, our, through osmosis. You know, that if we're just in proximity to God's Word, it will, will come into us. Or if we just sleep on it or put it under our head, that those things will come in. It's not how it works. We have, to, we have to actually use it. And so for myself, because those distractions are there when I first sit down for prayer, I need something that's going to help me zero in on God, that's going to help me to, to, to be more in tune with His Spirit and hear His voice. And so I'll open my Bible. And I'll read a few verses or, or, or maybe a chapter just so I can get more in tune with what the Spirit wants to say. And then I move into my time of prayer after that. And then finally, I would suggest um, grab a notebook. And, and there's two things you can do if you have a notebook there. One is you can write down prayer requests. Again, I think we miss the boat too much when we don't realize how often God answers our prayers because we don't track them. Um, we just presume God's going to take care of that. If you write them down and then can go back and look, you'll be amazed at how often God responds in the, in the ways that you've petitioned him to do. But the other thing is, is, is when you enter into that prayer time, you're still, if you're like me, you're still going to have those fleeting thoughts that come to mind. Uh, you know, I got to get that loaf of bread, or I, I got to make sure I pay that water bill uh, this afternoon, or I can't forget the dog's uh, appointment at the vet. 
Now, if I don't do anything with that, those just sort of keep pinging around inside my mind. But if I'll write them down in that notebook that I can look at afterwards, then I'm just, I'm let go. I'm set free of that. And I'll bet the same thing would be true for you. So I have that notebook that you can have there. Uh, So what is it that I'm hoping that you'll take from our time this morning? Well, uh, first and foremost, that you'll uh, be reminded again, this is not new information, you already know it, but reminded again of the importance of prayer and reminded again that we need to be deliberate in taking some steps to, to, more, to better integrate that into our lives, that we need to do it on a, on a daily basis. We need to, to constantly uh, be in communication with our, our Father, that we need to create environments that, that help to nurture that, and that if we'll do those things, as we become more uh, connected with God, which always happens when we have a conversation, as we have a deeper ongoing conversation with God, we're, we're more in line with, with hearing his voice, of sensing his prompting, of being equipped to do his will. I want to close this morning by sharing with you a particular prayer that's not out of the Bible, but it's a prayer that reflects what happens if you do have that right communication with God, if you do have that, that deep relationship with him actually was taken um, from a Confederate soldier who perished in a very intense battle during the Civil War outside of Richmond, Virginia. You may have heard these words before, but again, um, though I'm sure this young man's life ended far too soon, uh, there is no doubt as you read these words uh, that this young man's last breath here marked his first breath in heaven. Here it is what this young man had to say. I asked God for strength that I might achieve, but I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things, but I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men, but was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my own spoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Folks, that can be true for us if we're at that point of, of knowing the Father just as this young man did. Uh, we're going to wrap up here.